0: to episode 216 of the Justin an insight podcast a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it as always i am your host tim Beck and i am your host and guide through said podcast and it's been a hot fucking minute everyone sorry for not being around in 2022 apparently um i'm not going to bore you with the ins and outs but life's been busy i was about to fucking go life getting smelly after biohazard Um, I've changed roles in my job, so I've been extremely busy, and when I've come home from work, I've been too exhausted to even think about podcasting, and then other stuffs happened in terms of just wanting to enjoy life. Not saying that podcasting isn't enjoying life, but I've come to a new city, I want to see my friends, and because COVID is starting to apparently not be a thing according to old Bojo, the cunt, um... I'm able to see my friends a bit more which has been lovely and I think after two years of not seeing them and also prior to that living in a city where I didn't was nowhere near friends I'm fucking well making the most of it and this is my podcast and I'll do what I want Um, but that being said I was very conscious that time had gone by that I hadn't done an episode I hadn't sorted anything out for for this year and obviously I still want to talk to bands, promote new bands, talk about sick shit. Um, so we're back. We're back with a bang. We're back for 2022. And March is going to be our launching point for our year. I don't know why I decided March. I think just because of the way scheduling and stuff all happened. But we're here and we're going to carry on. We've I've got some guests lined up. Who I think will be really cool ones. As far as I'm aware, they may not have they've definitely not been on UK podcasts. They may have been on podcasts in the US or other countries. But so I'm hoping some of them might be kind of first timers. But anyway, I'm blabbling on a lot already. But it's nice to be back. It's nice to be doing this again and getting the ball rolling. And fuck me, what a guest I've got to get twenty twenty two going um if you're not aware of spy in the hardcore and punk scene you have been living under a fucking rock but i am delighted to be joined by vocalist of spy and uh, bass player in world peace peter Pawlek. Um peter was kind enough to deal with me having technical issues to start with so that was the reason that this had to be delayed and further and then deal with my scheduling clashes but he was really really kind with his time um we discuss as always how he got into alternative music in the first place how when he kind of decided to start getting more into doing bands and doing vocals he kind of ended up being part of a metal court well sort of death metal band that are still going today uh, but obviously peter is no longer part of it but then going through his own journey and sort of discovering the more kind of DIY stuff, gravitating towards that, discovering politics and putting politics in music. And that's how we've kind of had spy. We talk about the um, Bay area scene and how that's sort of thriving, but every band within that scene is completely different yet. They're all so close and so tight knit. Um, And yeah, just the explosion of spy, how that kind of came out of lockdown completely unexpectedly and now they're one of the hottest bands in hardcore right now so yeah it's this was a really cool chat and i'm so glad this is the one that we're kicking start and this kicking starting kick starting this year for so please sit back and enjoy the chat i have with peter and i'll see you on the other side So joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalists of Hardcore Punker's Spy, uh, Peter Paulak. Peter, thank you very much for taking some time to have a little chat with me. Um, we'll obviously get into the, the nitty gritty of stuff in a minute, but it seems like everything in Camp Spy is just like skyrocketing at the moment. So how has it kind of been to sort of see this band just literally go stratospheric since you kind of came on onto the scene really it's been
1: great uh i'm really thankful for all the support we've gotten um i was really surprised uh when we when we first put out music in the first place Uh, i was really surprised that it picked up and um kind of been surprised for the last year and a half just everything that keeps happening (laughs) it's going really well so it's it's been awesome
0: (laughs) well I want to kind of dig into the kind of the I guess the sort of surprise element of it in in a little bit but because obviously I think we're not too far removed from from FYA so I just kind of want to sort of touch upon that because you guys did I think maybe the quickest set I've I've ever seen in from that fest. so how was that festing for for you and that experience?
1: Uh, well, so we, we actually had to drop the fest. Um, we were on tour on the East coast and we got five days into the tour and our bassist got COVID.
0: Oh shit. So then
1: then we had, uh, just three dates left, which were Atlanta, Miami, and then FYA. Uh, we dropped all those dates. Um, our other two guitar players flew home. Uh, but, our drummer Cole was at the Fest um, because he plays in Scowl and they got added on last minute. Mm. Uh, a lot of bands were dropping, so so, so uh, a few, few bands got added last minute, including Scowl. Um, I was there as well because uh, my flight back home wasn't until after the Fest and I didn't have COVID, so I figured I might as well go to the Fest. Um, and basically what happened is the one of the bands we were on tour with, uh, Warren, from uh, Pennsylvania they uh three of their members learned two of our songs like last minute in the parking lot uh and they were they were like you know like hey like what if we opened our set with these two spy songs and Cole played drums and you did vocals I was like all right yeah why not let's do that uh, so so yeah, we we didn't actually play. We we dropped the fest, but we ended up sort of, uh, you know, I I don't know what to call it. Uh, it's sort an w-
0: impromptu sort of, <laughs> of spy. Zone, yeah, yeah, like
1: like three th- three fifths Warren, two fifths spy, uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of almost uh, almost worn covering spy or something yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah. so but it was it was fun i'm glad that they wanted to do that uh, because we all had a good time with that's cool
0: well as i said i always kind of like to take my guests back to their kind of roots and their origins so what kind of got you into alternative music in the first place like what was your kind of exposure to alternative music
1: uh it's i i mean i remember being in elementary school and uh, I would go on on like Yahoo.com music videos, mm. and I was drawn to like the Slipknot and Corn and, Korn and uh, System of a Down, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think my first CD around that time was uh Lincoln Park. Right. Uh, so so that's kind of the start, right? It was like the, all that music was really popular in mainstream in the early 2000s mm. uh, when I was you know like eight years old or whatever um, so so that's kind of what drew me in uh, at first um, and then a few years down the line like like age 12 13 middle school um, I I guess I would hear I would hear like heavy music on like video game soundtracks yeah. And I would, I would, that was always my favorite tracks. And then I ended up like, uh, you know, discovering my space and, and like all the popular bands of the time. Like, uh, I don't know, you know, like the, the warp tour kind of bands and like the deathcore bands. Mm. So, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the beginning of it. And from there, I, you know, I looked up, you know, like, where does all this stuff come from like what are the roots you know and then you get to like punk and and like all the 80s stuff the hardcore from the 80s uh, metal from the 80s um and and yeah so, so i'd say that's that's probably a good summary of like ages 8 to 13 and, mm. and it just it just like it just stuck and never went away you know
2: yeah
1: i i, I just kept liking more and more uh, heavy or alternative music mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and and then I started going to shows and, and that's what, like, I think really solidified it was seeing it live uh, was like completely mind blowing to me as a kid. Um, I, I went to my first local show in 2007 and I remember pulling up, like my mom dropped me off um uh my mom dropped me off and, and i remember seeing all of these kids that were older than me and and just being like like wow this is really intense and and like this place is packed it was just like a pizza place right like a, right uh like a local show at a a pizza spot they they like there's a floor show basically uh, they closed the shop and let bands play or whatever um and but it was like totally packed out it was like a a crazy formative experience for me in terms of like local shows and the power of that. Mm. Uh, it's just local bands playing, but it was like packed out, and and I was, I was, I don't know, I was hooked.
0: <laughs> Do you know? Can you remember like who those local bands were? Were they kind of like, I don't know, not maybe like anyone of note, but were they kind of like big, like within your your local scene, or were, like had you heard them before, or did you just kind of go because you wanted that? sort of experience of a live show
1: i think i think it's uh i started listening to like the local bands that were popular at the time and then i started going to the local shows Uh, okay so some of those bands this is like the in the east bay in like 2007 and 2008 i remember a lot of like deathcore was big so there was bands like um Uh, All Shall Perish or Mm. like uh, Animosity, um, Antagony. um, And then uh, like Suffocate. And then on the more hardcore side of things, there was like Lionheart. uh, And and so these were all all the sorts of bands that I remember um, kind of idolizing when I was around like 13 or 14 years old.
0: And was it kind of like you said when that initial sort of like discovery of it was sort of of through like music videos and things like that, but we, were you just always kind of like interested in like discovering music or did somebody kind of like put you on to heavier stuff in the first place? Like, how did you kind of find that gateway?
1: I'm not, I'm not really sure. I I think I was like, um, I think I was curious about it on my own. Mm. um something like drew me and i think part of it was was that it was like um i felt like it, like i was i wasn't allowed to like it you know <laughs> right. uh and and i think like i i would i would kind of listen to this stuff and i wouldn't say in secret but like you know i wasn't telling my parents like oh these are the kinds of bands i like uh I think there was some element of it that was like, oh, like I, I, I shouldn't like this. This is like, you know, bad or evil or mm. something. I don't know. There was some like weird moralistic shit in there for me, I think, <laughs> yeah. where I was just like, oh, like this, I, I'm i really intrigued by this, but I don't think I'm allowed to like it, which maybe makes me like it more.
2: <laughs> yeah, you cool. know?
1: I, I, I think I had a curiosity on my own. I'm not really sure if anyone showed me anything or if it's just like that was really popular and mainstream at the time and and so i was you know kind of just browsing music and mm. yeah i don't know i just i think that there's some visual stuff tied into this too like the slipknot masks and like they looked scary you know like for yeah like eight year old kid i was like kind of terrified but also was like ooh, like i i love this this sound this sounds
0: great <laughs> yeah that's cool so then like, as you say, what because you kind of then started like delving deeper into like the history of, of things and kind of the, as you say, the live element was kind of what really sort of got you hooked sort of thing. So, you, well, because have you always kind of been like in and around the Bay Area growing up sort of thing?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I, I moved to the Bay when I was seven years old and then I, I grew up in the Bay. I didn't leave until i was like 23 right Uh, and i I moved to vancouver in canada for a few years Uh, and i i I went to school up there and then i came back afterwards Mm. Um, but for the most part yeah just just bay area
0: because obviously like we'll kind of touch upon it a little bit later on but from an outside perspective at the moment we're seeing like this really sort of, like, buzzing scene over there. But has that always been the case? Like, when, as you said, like, there was a good local scene when you were growing up. So has there always been, like, prominent, sort of heavier, like, hardcore bands, metal bands within the Bay Area that you were able to tap into when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I, I would say there's, there's always been something happening here, uh, but I don't think it's ever been as recognised uh outside of the bay area as it is right now Mm. Uh, at least that's that's how it seems to me yeah i can't i can't really remember any time maybe around the time that i got into it in like 2007 it was there was a lot of big bands from Mm. the bay but but i feel like this is the biggest um it's ever been like nationwide in the u.s and then internationally as well i feel like the bay area is is really big uh, Mm. for people right now uh, but yeah there's always there was always something happening here like there was always bands always uh a bunch of different music scenes mm. uh all, all different kinds of bands and different kinds of music so there's always been stuff going on here but it's never been uh quite as recognized
0: mm. until now and then so obviously Turning to like you actually wanting to get involved in in music and things like that, obviously we know you as as a vocalist now, but has that always kind of been what you wanted to do? Or did you kind of dabble with any instruments beforehand and then kind of migrate into doing vocals? Where did that kind of journey start from?
1: Uh, So around the time that I was describing um, middle school time, uh, 2007 for me, that's, that's when I first wanted to get into trying out an instrument. So Mm. I, I, I got a, I got a bass, uh, and I started playing bass a bit. Um, and then shortly after I, I started playing guitar as well, but I, I never had like the, um, I never had like the discipline, right uh, that, that some of my other friends had in terms of like practicing their instruments. Um, I, I would just kind of fiddle around a bit. Um, so I didn't really have the ability, I don't think to, <laughs> right. to play very well at that age. Um, so I think around like age 15, I started trying to do vocals instead Mm. um just just kind of like on my own just trying stuff out uh and then eventually after you know months or maybe a year who knows how long it actually started to sound good yeah Uh, at first it was horrible it sounded really (laughs) bad uh but but after a while it started to sound all right and um and then yeah at age 16 i i i what i was in that Uh, band that we mentioned earlier rings of saturn
2: yeah
1: uh yeah at age 16 i joined that band i I, yeah it was a it's a funny story how that happened some somebody hit me up on aim do you remember aim
0: is that kind of like uh, instant messenger sort of thing yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. it was really popular at the time but this this guy went to school with hit me up and was like hey you do vocals right and i was like uh yeah sure (laughs) he's like all right well like uh my cousin's uh friend's boyfriend is starting a band and he he needs a vocalist and then he put me in contact with the guy and and i went to his his parents house and tried out (laughs) in his garage or whatever and and then and that's how that band sort of started
0: so Um, just because jumping ahead a little bit but was so was rings of saturn like your first kind of foray into doing anything like quote-unquote properly like music wise
1: oh definitely yeah that's that's like my first band okay uh, and yeah i mean before that there was a couple of different things that i had tried out um but it was all really bad <laughs> right and, and and like you know like like when when kids make music but they have no idea what they're doing and they're just kind of like throwing shit together but it's awful <laughs> that, that's, it, that's, I, I had done that with some friends a few times but never anything that was you know remotely actually musical
0: yeah no that's fair and you mentioned obviously like kind of you sort of trying out vocals and kind of like playing around with it for a little bit and i've i always find it interesting especially with kind of like more sort of like quote-unquote like extreme vocals or like s- sort of screams and shouts and whatever how people kind of have different varying levels of like, either like being taught or self-taught or whatever it is, and then kind of like almost settling on a kind of particular style or like method that works for them sort of thing. So did you, was yours literally just kind of, it sounds like it was just kind of trial and error, or did you kind of look at sort of, techniques and things like that or or were you literally just kind of raw dogging it and see what (laughs) would happen
1: i think i think a little bit of both i think i probably like looked up online you know probably there's probably some like forums or something i was looking through or like strategy that people were writing about online at the time to like do vocals well or whatever um but but it was a lot of just like trying to emulate vocals that i liked and at the time my favorite stuff was like death metal um uh, and like death core uh so i was just kind of doing those metal vocal styles uh, mm. and yeah it, i was pretty much just trying to emulate my favorite bands at the
2: time
0: yeah and then so if we kind of segue into to rings of sand as, as you say like it was kind of a, a situation where you were just kind of hit up and then sort of things kind of started snowballing sort of thing. So obviously the band is very different from, from when you kind of started to where it has kind of become sort of thing. So when you kind of first joined the band, what was was it kind of the... The sort of like extreme metal band that we we see today. What was the sound like when you first joined?
1: Um, I, I don't, I don't really remember. It. I think it was pretty much uh, the, the the first record that they put out. Uh, that that I was on that one. Mm. Um, it pretty much was. It sounded like that. Um, I mean, there was definitely some trial and error and learning and growing and stuff. I didn't sound exactly like that at first, but uh, it was more or less that um, from the start that I think that the idea was, was to be really technical, you know, mm. uh, and to also like have that like kind of heavy breakdown stuff going on too. Um, but but yeah, that, that was, that was the songwriting. I didn't really have anything to do with. I I was, like I said earlier, I had no real musical ability at the time. Mm. (laughs) Um, So there's no way I was going to play any of that stuff on the instrument. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I, I just did the vocals. I, for me, it was just like at the time, especially like, I just wanted to be in a band, Mm. any band. Uh, It just so happened that the band that, i found myself in ended up you know being a thing yeah uh, i i was for me all i ever wanted to do at that time and honestly this kind of stayed true forever but all i ever really wanted to do was play like small local shows mm. uh that that's all i cared about i just wanted to play shows and have fun uh, mm. it's it just kind of it it, it it got kind of bigger than I ever thought it would. Yeah. Um, especially cause I was so young, you know, I was like in high school, I was 16 when I recorded the vocals for that album. Um, I was just really young. So, so I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know what's going on, you know, like, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's about it, I guess.
0: <laughs> and because obviously, like you mentioned, the sort of stuff that you were kind of listening to when you were younger was a, maybe a bit more kind of a, along the lines of like the the sort of punk, sort of hardcore, sort of side of things. But I guess kind of at the time where when Rings of Saturn formed, like that kind of like deathcore, metalcore sound was very sort of of the period sort of thing so were you were you kind of into that style of music like when you first joined the band or was it a circumstance of like as you said you wanted to be in a band this was the opportunity that presented itself and then you kind of I don't know like i don't want to say you shaped yourself around it but kind of maybe because you were more integrated into it you became more part of it does that make sense
1: yeah totally no it's definitely more so the latter uh just like i just wanted to be in a band um and that's the one i found myself in it wasn't really my my style or anything
2: but
1: mm. um i didn't hate it or anything but it wasn't like <laughs> yeah. you know it wasn't like my my favorite uh my favorite kind of music yeah necessarily uh it's but like again i was just the vocalist i wasn't writing the songs so mm. um so yeah i mean it was it was just kind of a matter of of circumstance, you know, yeah, yeah um, but 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 when I first joined the band, I'd say I was definitely definitely s- interested in that style. I think mm. as, as i as I got a little older, you know, a lot of change happens when you're that age, so as I got from age sixteen to age eighteen, I, I kind of stopped caring so much about that style of music and was more interested in other stuff
0: yeah and then you mentioned obviously like the things kind of took off really quickly with with rings of saturn and it kind of obviously got a lot bigger than you kind of ever expected but was there kind of a a moment when you can remember like that that you you personally sort of noticed that acceleration in the band
1: uh i i mean For me it didn't really hit until the first our first ever tour was being planned Mm. and at that point it was it was like oh like i'm about to go on tour with a bunch of bands that i like have like idolized in the past and and are like you know the bands that i perceived as being like a big deal you know so so it was like okay we're gonna be playing alongside these bands that's crazy Mm. Like, this is, this is so much more than I ever could have expected. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then kind of on that, because obviously if that was, as you say, your sort of first experience of, of doing those sort of things. What was, like, your first tour experience like? Especially if, as you say, you're playing with bands that you'd looked up to and now they're kind of essentially your peers and things. Did you kind of like thrive in that situation and did it give you like that sort of bug to do it more like straight away or was that first tour a bit of a kind of testing ground and then you kind of sort of I don't know the more you did it the more you felt comfortable what was the kind of whole experience like
1: um well I was uh like fresh out of high school it was the summer after I graduated high school so um I was just super young. Uh, it was, I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I thought it was fun. I had a good time. I, I, uh, I was one of like three people on that entire tour that were 18 years old. So we were all the youngest and everybody else was older than us. Mm. Uh, like some people in their mid twenties or late twenties even. Um, so I don't know. I kind of like looked up to all the older people that we were touring with, um, I liked watching all the bands every night. I, I, I had a good time with it. I, I was definitely um, simultaneously having a, a, like the time of my life, but also kind of like uh, pretty unsure of the whole thing. Um, right. I didn't really know if it was what I wanted to be doing or if, if I like, you know, like I, being gone for a month It just felt like a really long time and Mm. seeing all sorts of new places. I really liked seeing all the new places I hadn't been to before. I thought that was great. But but yeah, I I definitely wasn't cut out for touring at that age. I was I was too young to like kind of fully appreciate it or feel confident in myself to, Mm. you know, do that kind of thing. so, yeah, I, I mean, I did two tours, like two full U.S. tours, like a month long. Uh, and then I left the band mm. and then I went to college. So, um yeah, I I, it, I think I ultimately kind of came to the conclusion that it wasn't what I wanted to be doing at the time. Mm. But then later on, of course, I, I went back to touring and as a person in my 20s and, you know, now it's... A lot different a lot more fun (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah and like on that because obviously you said that your kind of initial goal and still kind of to some extent is, is is to kind of like that sort of playing local shows and the smaller shows kind of thing but because obviously the style that rings of saturn plays it it kind of can lend itself to be playing those kind of bigger venues and as you say like doing those more sort of extensive tours did you kind of i don't know did that kind of give you a bedding for like okay i know what i want to do like looking in the future and like now in hindsight sort of thing do you think that it gave you like a bedding of like okay i know what i want to achieve in music going forward or i don't know were you just kind of caught up in the whole experience of it Uh. I think I
1: think it it did Uh, It took a really long time though um I I I left that band in 2011 Mm. Uh, it's over a decade ago at this point right so uh for but for like I'd say for a good five plus years after that I I was still like figuring everything out um just like personally and and what I was trying to go for with, with just existing in general, you know, Mm. Um, but but I think the experience was ultimately helpful, especially now. uh, Now I'm pretty thankful for that experience. Um, uh, And yeah, I think, I think it was useful to me, Mm. uh, but but it took quite a while to kind of, um, grow up a bit you know
0: yeah and were there kind of any moments like during like whether it be touring or just kind of being part of that band whilst whilst you were was there kind of anything that you've sort of looked back on like like now quite fondly and you think oh yeah that like because of that I'm now doing what I'm doing now if that makes sense
1: uh, I think I think, in some ways, yeah, like it, it kind of gave me an idea of of what what I might value more um, more than something I might value some things more than others, right especially mm. musically. Um, uh, it it did kind of clue me into to my own um, like preferences, like I definitely have a preference for the DIY punk show yeah. vibe over over something like uh big venue touring um but but having that experience helped kind of solidify that mm. uh, helped me realize what i like and what
0: i uh, don't like as much yeah you know, that's fair enough so then if we before we kind of get into where spy was can you give me because i say. Rings of Saturn was the other band that I was familiar with. So can you give me kind of like a, a whistle-stop tour of like what you were doing in the, in the between sort of Rings of Saturn and where we are now?
1: Uh, yeah. that I mean, like I said, really long, long time period, uh, like a decade pretty much. Um, I didn't do much for, a, there's very chunks of time in there where I didn't really do anything. Yeah. Mm. Um, after two thousand eleven I didn't really do much I, I tried to make something happen here or there, but nothing ever really came together until twenty fourteen I did a band with some of my housemates that I was living with at the time, and we just played a bunch of like house shows shows in our garage, whatever just kind of like I was like twenty one years old, so it was like college college show vibe, yeah. Uh, we didn't really know what we were doing. We we just kind of like took a bunch of different influences and mashed it all together. It was uh, uh, it was called Worse. The band was called Worse. Mm. Uh, we we made like one t shirt. We never had any like, table, <laughs> uh, music or anything. Um, it was kind of just like a for fun thing. Uh, and then after that, I don't think I did anything until uh so i moved away to vancouver in 2016 and i didn't know anybody there uh so i tried to do some like solo projects i did like a black metal solo project oh, nice. and then i did like a noise project um and then i started a power violence band called split open right uh, in, tw- in 2019 um Right before I moved away, so we, we were active for like four months, and then I moved back home to the Bay Area, uh, and I joined my friend's band, World Peace. Um, World Peace was uh, two of my best friends, um, or is two of my best friends. Uh, they started out in twenty seventeen, mm. and yeah, basically during the time that I was I was away living in Vancouver, they were. Uh, doing their thing and and i was basically the biggest fan <laughs> yeah uh, and you know i think i went on a couple of tours with them just for fun and then i moved back home and they asked me to join so i joined and then um and i went on a big old tour with world peace like six week tour in late 2019 and then i came home and right after that i started spy that's pretty much it it's a summary of a decade uh, like i said there's there's like periods of time in there, two, three year periods of time where I didn't do anything really uh, mm. i was I was going to school or whatever doing other sorts of things um, but I always wanted to do music stuff i just I would always kind of try to do stuff uh and then it wouldn't work out, and then I would just move on,
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, are you but, are you still in World Peace or is? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'm still. Oh, okay, in sick. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So you, oh, you must. Is that is that band? Because obviously, you, I know you did a record last year. So is that still as active as Spy, or do you kind of put more of your focus into Spy now? Like, how are you kind of balancing the two? Uh, well,
1: well so Spy is like my project, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I had the most of the music, uh, like the first release, I wrote all those songs. The second one was mostly stuff that I came up with or whatever. Um, so it's kind of like my thing. I, I manage everything and, you know, do all the emails and social media and et cetera, et cetera, all that shit. So, yeah. uh, so that's definitely the thing I focus the most on personally, um, because world Peace is is, um, all written and uh you know managed by my friend Derek um so yeah it's basically you know he he does everything for that band and I just play bass and then you know he's like we go into the studio or whatever he teaches me the tracks I I play them on bass we go to the studio he's like all right you're gonna do vocals here 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 you're gonna say this and I'm like all right perfect (laughs) um so it's it's great because I don't have to think about that band too much.
0: That's cool. Uh, so until, it's it's until literally it comes, kind of like a plug in and play sort of situation.
1: Yeah. Until it comes time to tour or whatever, and then it's then I, you know, well, like we're about to do a tour with Portrayal of Guilt next month, um, in March. Uh, so that'll be, yeah, that will be the first World Peace tour in uh, a little over two years. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so basically, I've been focusing pretty much all my energy into Spy for the last two years or so.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I know because obviously you said the the tour that you'll be doing with Trailer Guilt is going to be the first one in in two years, so there probably hasn't been too much of an overlap. But because obviously you're, as you say, like Spy is your project, is your baby, like do you have to kind of make considerations for like, I don't know if you're planning sort of to do like a run of shows with spy that it might overlap with world peace or has that not kind of been an issue as of yet?
1: It hasn't really been an issue yet. Um, I, it might be an issue later on who knows, but, mm. um, so far it's been fine. I knew, I knew we'd have this tour coming up. Um, so I planned, um, knowing that the world peace tour was going to happen in March and early April, I planned a spy tour for mid April to early May. Um, But between these two bands, I think the next few months will be really busy for me. I have quite a few tours lined up. um, So hopefully I can balance it all together. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's cool.
1: But, but you know, every, everybody in, spy plays in other bands so we we pretty much consistently have um scheduling conflicts and and you know we'll we'll have people fill in or whatever yeah Uh, we always make it work it's a little harder to have someone fill in and spy for me because vocal fill-ins i don't think really doesn't really work so no
0: no So then, if we kind of dig into to spy a bit more, like as you say, it's kind of been your focus for the last sort of two years, so talk me through how you kind of like came up with the the project, what you kind of wanted to like achieve with it in terms of like sound and focus, and how you kind of like came to put it all together in the end
1: um, I mean it started off really simple i just i came home from that really long tour with world peace and wanted to start my own band that was uh a lot slower and and you know a different style i just wanted to start like a hardcore punk band like Mm. a pretty simple pretty simplistic just like easy power chord uh hardcore punk band um and i just i just thought it might be like a fun thing to do I also really wanted to do vocals in a band again. Um, cause that's, that's the most fun for me is just doing vocals and nothing else. Mm. Um, so I, it was basically, I, I wanted to have some fun and, and to just do vocals and, and in a hardcore punk band, I thought that sounded like it would be a fun thing to do. Mm. Uh, so I wrote those, those tracks, um, around like christmas time 2019 i was just sitting at my parents house uh visiting them but kind of had some free time on my hands uh, and and i just put it together and figured i'd ask some some friends if they'd want to join and and they did and the rehearsals or whatever went really well uh everything flowed smoothly. So then we scheduled a date to record and that, that ended up becoming the, uh, the first release.
2: Mm. And I don't know, It
1: just, it, it happened like really just, I don't know, just kind of, it was on a whim almost, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, there was no like grand plan for it or anything. It was just like, uh, you know, let's do this and have fun and see what happens.
0: Yeah. And because obviously like, I don't know now, because we've got the beauty of hindsight and looking at at how the thing, how spies kind of grown, like, I don't know, from an outside perspective, it looks like things have not necessarily been methodically planned, but like in terms of like the aesthetic and like the content of like the lyrics and the style of the music and stuff was, was kind of all put together like in a specific way. So I don't know, was that, your initial plan or did that just kind of come sort of more apparent and more naturally as you were kind of writing the songs of like, Oh, okay. Like I want to be a bit more political and okay. I want it to have this kind of sort of quite simplistic sort of, uh, aesthetic, like imagery wise, but still quite striking and iconic.
1: Yeah. I, I think it started to come together as, as the project started to, you know, feel like it was going somewhere. Mm. Um, so you know, I, I, it started to feel like it was going somewhere when I was able to get other people to join in and, and play along with me, like like uh, Cole, our drummer. Um, at the time, it was just me playing guitar. Um, I didn't have any vocal stuff written at all. It was just uh, so this was like January twenty twenty, I guess, right around two years ago. Um, but yeah, I'd say everything was, was done with intention. Um, it's, it's the sort of thing that I would not have been able to execute earlier on in my life. Like, I think when I was younger, I didn't have any sort of, uh, intention or game plan with, with music. It was more so just like, uh, like I was talking about earlier when I was, when I was younger and in, uh, the rings of saturn it was like circumstantial or whatever yeah uh, so this was definitely the most like intentional and thoughtful project that i've ever had
2: mm. um
0: and because obviously yeah, like um, as, as i mentioned sort of like lyrically obviously it's very sort of uh sort of like confrontational and and sort of upfront about what you're kind of addressing so i don't know like in terms of you wanting to sort of use that platform and have that voice to to talk about sort of like police violence, police corruption and sort of um, like how backwards like political systems and things are, have you always kind of been like that way inclined or is that sort of something that as you've grown up, like you've seen how these systems don't work for everyone And it's just now that you've kind of got that knowledge and that platform that you've been able to put the two and two together.
2: Yeah,
1: I I would say it's, it's not, um, it's not something I've always been inclined towards, I think, I've always had an inclination towards, um, you know, like, being aware of the fact that okay like this or that is fucked up and Mm. and unjust like that's shitty and shouldn't be that way I've always had that sort of feeling but it wasn't like necessarily inherently political until you know I grew up and was in my 20s and was learning more and more about uh the world around me (laughs) Mm. um but yeah yeah I, I think it's like a A convergence of of um, like that that sort of knowledge, uh, like learning, and then and then um, I, I don't know. It's a whole bunch of stuff all at once, kind of perfect storm, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, like 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 this this feeling I've always had that I just described, uh, and then tied in with like the political knowledge and background, mm. and then tied in with like hardcore punk and, you know, the, the history of, of how this kind of music, uh, has always been, uh, political and, and, you know, confrontational in that way. Mm. Um, that's, that's something I always liked about, uh, hardcore and hardcore punk.
2: Um, mm.
1: like when I was like a kid, I would listen to the classic albums, whatever poison idea or something like that. And I, I'd, I'd love how, uh, I love how confrontational it was. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just all of it kind of came together, and and it just it felt like it couldn't be any other way. I yeah, that's that's how I always describe. I I just like it didn't make sense to me to have it any other way.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And then we mentioned obviously earlier, like. That obviously when you were growing up the the bay area always had sort of something going on but it's only kind of been in the last sort of two three years that nationally and internationally there's been a lot of like eyes on what's been going on in the bay area and i think like even though you you've got this like plethora of of bands at the moment that are doing really cool things i think you guys inspire like I've almost kind of like usurped what's gone on and kind of created your own sort of lane out of that sort of thing. But like in terms of like you being part of that scene, as you said, like obviously you've got Cole who's in Scowl and other members are in other bands as well. And I know that all of those bands kind of within that scene are kind of very interchangeable in, in terms of members and things. So, What is it like now kind of being part of that scene and like seeing like all the different bands like have success, but in like different ways. So obviously like we saw like the viralness of Gulch. We've seen like how sort of big drain are becoming and like how Scowl are now starting to do their own thing. So how has it been like being part of that and then now seeing your own band grow and get its own audience?
1: Uh, it's it's been really exciting over the years, kind of watching all this happen. Uh, you know, like people you know, bands you know, uh, people that you're friends with, um, like their shit exploding and doing really well. Uh, it's like really exciting and it's fun to watch. It's part of what inspired me to you know start this band was mm. uh, because I I was just like so hyped on the local scene. Uh, like I moved back home and I, I started. I mean, I had been going to local shows uh, in the Bay even when I moved away because I would constantly just come back home because uh, I liked it better in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, so like I, I had been seeing this kind of grow over the years and it was really exciting. Um, but one thing I really like about the the Bay Area scene, the hardcore scene, is that uh, all these different bands that are doing so well are like completely different styles, I think. Like, mm. like uh Gulch Gulch is doing like their own thing entirely, right? uh drain is like on some more kind of thrashy or like kind of crossovery stuff. Tsunami's, you know super super ignorant and heavy um, and then like scowl is is completely different from that, and we're completely different from that like like every everybody's got their own completely different thing mm. going on, but it all works together perfectly i think mm. uh, it's like you're getting like a, a showcase of all the different kinds of hardcore that people are playing right now
0: yeah um, I, I like and, that that's a really good way to put it yeah so so i think
1: that's great and it's and it's, uh, it's sick to have all these different bands uh you know on the same bills or or like the same same people going to see all these different bands and all these different styles um,
2: mm.
1: and there's like a I don't know, it's a cool, it's cool that there's support for everyone. Um, like everybody's down with all of it. Uh, and I think that's really fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I, it's, it's uh it's a really great scene. Mm.
0: Right now.
1: And it's great to be a part of it.
0: And cause obviously, basically when obviously spy kind of, came into sort of the world was obviously a time when the world was locked down and like we couldn't have shows and but people were still putting out music but it was sort of hard to kind of gauge of like who was cutting on to what but with you guys it like i don't know there just seemed to be something that like everybody sort of gravitated towards and obviously when like service weapon came out like i think there were obviously people over here in the UK latched to it, people in Europe, obviously all over the U S as well, but obviously you weren't able to do shows at that point. So for you, what was it like kind of almost being sat at home, but seeing this thing that you've created just blow up?
1: Oh, you know, on the one hand it was really cool because it was like a happy surprise, you know, Mm. like, like, oh, that's great! I'm glad people like it. I'm glad it resonates with people. Um, but once that settles in a bit, it's it's like, like wow! I really can't wait to actually play shows and and bring this to life because uh, it's incomplete. I think without the live performance. Yeah. Um, that's what it was. You know. That's what it was written for. It was written for a live setting. Um, like, yeah. Not not being able to. Um, fulfill that part of it for a year or whatever was, was, uh, it was not ideal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was, I, it was like, you know, that's just the way it was. Right. But, but I definitely was like itching to play shows or, or finally, you know, do this live. Um, Mm. so yeah, it was, it was great, great that people liked it and it resonated. Um, But it's even better now that we can actually, like, bring it to people in real
0: life. Mm. And because obviously, like, as I say, where it was a weird sort of circumstance that people were reacting to it, but, like, on on an online setting. But was there kind of, like, a moment when you kind of realized, like, oh, shit, like, people are, like, paying attention to this. This is going, like, worldwide. It's not just a bay area thing like can you remember like a moment when you realized like that had happened
1: yeah i think so when so we put out service weapon in july 2020 um and then in september 2020 a few months after we had this um like this live set that we did for cult nation mm. um and that that did really well um and people were really into that i think it was at that moment that i kind of realized that that it was um that it was like kind of i don't know capturing people's imaginations or whatever that it was it was resonating mm. um for a lot of people for whatever reason um because yeah it was just like i think we had just made like an instagram account shortly before that and then that video came out and it, it just tons of new people started following us and whatever all that kind of shit so so it just i think that was the moment that um that i realized it was going somewhere with, mm. you know, somewhere more than more than what i was thinking it would
0: yeah and as you mentioned obviously like up up until you could play like your first live show like it almost felt like the cycle was almost sort of incomplete in some aspects, but because by the point that you could play your live show, like your first live show, there was this like massive buzz around spy. And like, as I say, obviously people over here were talking about you, people in Europe and so on and so forth. So when you kind of finally had that opportunity to finally get on a stage and and play your first live show, were you- just like absolutely bricking it like were you or were you just so like hyped and relieved that you were finally able to do it that like you just kind of almost just slipped back into that system like how was that first like spy show for you
1: Wait sorry, what does it mean to be bricking it
0: <laughs> like like shitting yourself
1: oh okay <laughs> uh oh no i i have um I have like horrible uh pre-show anxiety so right I, I always have um so so yeah that that was definitely the biggest feeling was just anxiety
2: mm. uh,
1: and it's pretty much honestly every time we play a show, I'm just crazy anxious uh, so for me that's that's the the main thing that happens um mm. but as, as soon as we start playing it all feels right um usually so. Uh, so yeah it's it's just like it's horrible horrible pre-show anxiety and then <laughs> yeah we it start it's it's it feels great
0: but for that like first show in particular was it like heightened because of obviously we had the situation of of covid and not having being able to play shows for like a year and a half but your band has become really big because of the internet so was that kind of like even extra anxieties on on that first show. Yeah, I think I think
1: I would I would say so. Yeah, because hmm. um, we we got there and and we had shirts and merch and and we we basically were were just trying to set it up and there was already a bunch of people like standing in a line to buy it. Uh, so it's like at that point you kind of realize that people want to see your band um and might have like expectations or whatever for it uh so you don't want to disappoint i guess um yeah it definitely was extra like the extra attention brings extra um, anxiety about it i'd say Mm. Um, but you know for me personally no more than in general even if i was playing in a band to that no one cared about to five people, I'd still have terrible anxiety. Yeah, no,
0: that's fair. And then obviously like more recently you've, you've had the opportunity to sort of like be hitting the road and, and sort of going out and sort of seeing, like getting the reaction from, from different States, different cities and and things like that. And I don't know, has that, because like now you're, you're seeing that the reactions of, of, not just like the Bay Area and things like that. Has that kind of solidified for you? Like, oh, okay, like I made the right decision in sort of pursuing this this style of music and wanting to push forward with it and kind of, I don't know, just kind of give you like satisfaction of what you've created?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean the positive response is is like kind of the only thing that motivates me to to keep it going. Um, uh, if if people didn't care, I, I don't know if I would still keep going. Because mm. I, I mean, at this point, I I'm like getting older, and I'm like sacrificing a lot to to do this. You know, I can't have like a stable full time job um, because. Of all the touring yeah. and all the, all the stuff I'm committed to doing, um, so I can't like, yeah, I can't. You know, in some ways, I can't like live a regular life or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I feel like you know, and I'm thinking about that more and more as I get older. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm like kind of putting it all on the line to do this shit. Uh, mm. so yeah it, it is it is but it, it is really validating um and motivating to to know that people care and to have a good response from people um it, yeah it keeps us going i think mm. um yeah I, without that i would you know i probably wouldn't keep going yeah <laughs> at this point you know like yeah like, when i was when i was younger i would have been down to do whatever for however long um but only recently i've started to feel like i'm i'm aging a bit and, <laughs> yeah no i get uh, i get that i don't know it just makes me nervous like like the you know the the sacrifices or whatever. yeah
0: yeah no that's fair um and obviously as we as i've mentioned kind of like when service weapon came out like there was an instant sort of reaction to it and obviously there was kind of where we were still in that sort of lockdown state of of COVID, and obviously last year we had um, you guys release Habitual Offender as well. So once you'd kind of done Service Weapon, were you right on to Habitual Offender, or like what's your kind of like writing process? Are you, are you constantly like the wheels are turning, or I don't know, was Service Weapon done, and then you took some time and did Habitual Offender? Or, and do you have stuff planned for the future how do how are your, what's your kind of like writing process
1: um so after after recording service weapon it was april 2020 it's mostly just focused on putting that out
2: mm. um
1: and then once that was out around july um well we hadn't we hadn't actually played together since like february because of covid right um but we had that live set for Colt Nation coming up so I think in like August 2020 we met up for the first time uh, since February of that year so like six months um, and we got ready for the live set and I think after we felt comfortable with with the playing all the tracks we we just started writing um, because we knew that you know like, there was a positive response for Service Weapon, so mm. we felt, felt like, all right, well, clearly this this is resonating with people, so let's get going on the next one. Um, so we started writing those tracks, I'd say, pretty soon after Service Weapon came out, um, and that was more collaborative than the first release, because the first release was literally just, I put those four tracks together, and, yeah. and it hit up people to play them with me, um, but then for Habitual Offender it was more like I was like, hey, here's a track idea or here's some riffs and then other people would uh, contribute ideas or, or riffs or whatever and, and it was more collaborative in that way. Mm. Um, and then at this point we have three new tracks that we recorded uh, a few months ago. They'll, they'll be out uh, soon in various formats and then after that it's it's, uh likely gonna be a uh a, a full length full length in quotes because you know, <laughs> yeah ten, 10 tracks whatever uh, lp but it's short punk shit so yeah yeah maybe maybe a 15 minute runtime or whatever that's cool um and then yeah yeah the 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 writing process has gotten like uh, progressively more collaborative over time um like one of the new tracks that we recorded was written completely by our bassist Thomas, um, and yeah, it's I, I I like the direction everything's going. I, I'm really excited about all mm. the new tracks
2: that we have.
0: And just like on that, because as I say, like the kind of popularity that that has kind of come your guys' way, I think like obviously with you guys um going with to live a lie for habitual offender i think i can't remember exactly what it was but i remember like just seeing that selling out like insanely quick and i remember obviously like for us over here in the uk it was almost like not a chance of getting a copy sort of thing so again was that kind of just just like a surprise for you that how like and also just being able to see that people are now physically buying it rather than just sort of like streaming it and things like that that like the how quick and how popular you, this band has become in such a short space of time
1: uh the physical releases um being so popular has been a really pleasant surprise as well I think like it's nice that people actually want the vinyls and want the tapes. Mm. Um, uh, You know, I don't know who knows. Like when you, when you first come up with your first record for a new band, you're like, like, who the fuck knows? Like maybe nobody's (laughs) going to want this. Like, like you're like, oh, if we do a hundred tapes, will those even go? Like, will anyone even want those? Yeah, yeah. Who knows, you know? I think that's how the, that one started service weapon that the first release was just a hundred tapes. Um, but I think as soon as that came out, um, and they all sold out whatever that day, uh, will from to live alive was like, okay, well, clearly this is something people want. So let's do, uh, seven inches and, um, and more tapes and, and then those sold out too and, and now we're like into the third pressing of that release and it's come out as a tape and so many different formats mm. um, like different variants i mean um just different variants uh for seven inch and tape and and yeah i don't know it's crazy that people are so down with the physical release yeah it's, it's sick uh, i love i love that um, cause that's, I don't know. I love, I love a seven inch or a tape, you know, Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all about it. So I, I'm stoked that other people are into it too. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's it's, cool. a, it's a, it's a cool thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad people like the, yeah. the, the physical stuff.
0: And just before I sort of like start to, to round things off of I know obviously you, you're touring the, the U S a bit more frequently now um and as you say you've got this tour with well peace coming up and you've got another tour with with spy but there's been some shows that have been announced for you guys coming over to europe so is this your first time coming over here or have you been here before
1: uh this will be my first time playing shows in europe i've been to europe a few times actually i've been to europe a lot of times just as a person yeah. going to europe because uh, uh, my my family is is all in poland oh, okay um, so like my parents are polish immigrants we're the only ones outside of the country of poland right um, just my parents me and my brother uh, everybody else in my entire family lives in poland so i've been going to europe since i was a kid yeah uh, you know once every few years or whenever we could afford to go over there um and then when i was you know like a little older in my 20s college age whatever i would uh, go take a trip whatever uh, to europe to see places that i haven't been to before mm. um that was like one one of my main interests or hobbies at that time when i was like maybe like 21 years old or whatever it was just traveling to places i hadn't been to before um, but i never played shows in europe i've always wanted to um, so it's really exciting to me, especially, mm. uh, like, I've never been to the UK at all, so that would be really exciting for me. That's cool. Personally, um, especially with playing shows, like, I, I'm really excited to see what it, what shows are like. In yeah. Europe. I, I think, I, I've been to a few shows in Europe, just like, I think I, I saw Coke Bus play in Poland once. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and, and that was fun. So, yeah, I'm stoked to to play and see what it's like to to play shows out there
0: because that's what I was going to ask have you got your eye on any particular cities that you that you're looking forward to or are you just kind of looking looking to soak in the whole experience
1: uh I'm most excited to be in the UK because I haven't been before um Everywhere else, I'm excited about too. Mm. Uh, but the places, the places that I haven't been to before, I'm extra excited for. Like, I've never been to France or the UK, mm. uh, so so those will be exciting. Um, and and the one I'm most excited about, uh, just on some personal shit, is playing in Poland.
0: That's yeah, um, that'll be
1: cool. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that.
0: <laughs> do you reckon any of your family will come along?
1: <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. My grandmas probably don't, don't want to go. They're, they're a little too old at this point. Maybe uh, maybe some younger family members can come out.
0: No, that's cool. Um, Peter, before I do let you go, how I always like to, to round things off is to ask my guests what their uh, favourite song is, but with a little bit of a twist. So what's your favourite spy song that you like to play live and why?
2: <laughs> hmm...
1: That's a good question. I, honestly, I, it, does, it doesn't stay the same. It changes all the time. Yeah. Uh, recently, we played Negative Mind Power for the first time live, and that was fun because we hadn't played it before. But, but overall, probably uh, probably violent majority because I feel like that's the one that, that people are most stoked on. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and gets the most response from the crowd. So basically, for for me, it's whatever gets the crowd most excited because that's the energy that I'm like kind of feeding off of. Anyways. Yeah. You know, if if I see people are people are excited about something, then then I'm like extra pumped to play that song.
0: That's cool. Perfect. Well, Pete, I really appreciate you taking the time to have a little chat with me. And honestly, I cannot wait for you guys to be over here in the UK. Like I'm literally what just watching videos of you guys in the us has got me super excited so yeah i cannot wait for you to to be over here
1: hey me too i'm i'm really excited it's gonna be a lot of fun
0: (laughs) yeah No. thank you very much for your time yeah of
1: course thanks thanks for talking with me
0: no worries take care
1: all right see you
0: folks again a huge thank you to Peter for taking some time out of his day to have a chat with me as always you can keep up to date with what spy and well are doing on all their various social media platforms um as discussed in the chat spy have announced some dates over here well in europe anyway and i know there are plans to do dates in the uk so keep your BDIs out for those when they drop but yeah we'll put all the various social media links in the show notes uh and yeah, we're here now. We're back in 2022. So please keep your eyes peeled for all our future episodes coming out. If this is the first time you're listening to the Justin Inside Insight podcast, thank you very much for joining us. Go over to whatever platform you're listening to us on. Give us a five-star rating. I've been slack, so I need to be boosted up those those charts. So really, really appreciate it. But share the love. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Share the episode around. Tell people that we're back um but yeah thank you as always for stopping by the justin inside podcast and i will see you soon